Hey y'all, it's Carrie. It's me again, and I'm solo for one more week. Y'all have been so amazing throughout this. Thank y'all so much for the outpouring of love for Donna and, well, both of us and the understanding while we had to figure out what the heck to do these past couple of weeks. If you're behind on episodes, just a quick update. Donna was in the hospital from a really bad, really serious blood clot that was in her lungs. And y'all, she is on the up and up and we will be back next week. But in the meantime, keep sending love, light, prayers, goodwill, hugs, all the things to our girl Donna while she is on that last little bit of healing. And we cannot wait to be back next week. In the meantime, here's some more bonus content that the people on Patreon are able to get. This is what we call a milk carton mini-sode, and it's where we break down the case of a missing person. And these come out every single month for the people on Patreon. Again, thank y'all so much for being so understanding, and we promise Sinister Sightings will come out this week, and next Monday will be a new full main episode. Can't wait. We love y'all. Creep it real and don't get scared. Hey y'all, it's the April Milk Carton Mini. Uh, how's everyone? Quick update, the pandemic is still here. Spoiler alert. (laughs) We're all still stuck inside. Did you see, okay, something that Wimbledon, they took out, like, pandemic insurance, like, all of the times and never had to use it. (gasps) And this time, because it got canceled and everything, they're getting, like, so much money. Really? Oh, I thought you were about to say they didn't get it this one year and there was a pandemic. It says... Wimbledon reportedly paid $2 million a year for pandemic insurance for the last 17 years. So total $34 million. For this year's cancellation as a result of the coronavirus, Wimbledon will reportedly receive $141 million from the policy. Holy shit. And so it was like a meme part of like a Twitter thing. And so someone replied and said, so a tennis tournament was better prepared for a pandemic than the U.S. government? I mean, they're not wrong. Also, glass shatter moment, because I've been saying Wimbledon (laughs) my whole life. Because you're you're a simpleton. What? How you say it? Wimbledon. Wimbledon. (laughs) You ever have those moments where you're just like, wait, what the fuck? Oh, all the time. I mean, hence the bloopers last month with the sack of taters. <laughs> How you carry a sack of potatoes. Oh, my God. I, mind blown. I literally have been saying Wimbledon wrong my whole life. See, I just said it again! Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. Also, whoever's idea was it to take out pandemic insurance? Up until now, they've probably been like, Bob, $2 million. Right. And he's like, but. And they're like, <laughs> Bob. And he's like. Just go with it. And now Bob's like, told you. Sadly, he's probably been fired. True. For this milk carton mini, we're going to do the case of the missing person, Royal Scoop Daniel III. Yes, that's his name. I am so glad you're doing this because you know I 
Royal. There you go. He goes by Scoop. Oh, never mind. I could do it. Never mind. Hey, what's a Scoop, Scoop? So we're going to Breckenridge, Colorado. Definitely uh, want to go. Gorgeous. April 27th, 2007. Okay. I also just realized that that's like a week away. Would be a, the week anniversary. away a week away, a week away. I can't be tamed. <laughs> no, this is your song. The lion sleeps tonight. <laughs> I mean, same song, but you know what You're I mean. You're not wrong. <laughs> Scoop was 61 years old in 2007. He is very well known in Breckenridge. He's an attorney. He was a bit of a bon voyant, as they say. Yeah, watch the episode of Disappeared about him, and I said, I said to Colby. You said, as they say, like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were watching the episode of Disappeared for it, and I said, Colby, what'd they just say? And I had to rewind it and had to Google what it was. Basically, like, an extravagant lifestyle. He loved to socialize. It was drinks for everybody, all the things, you okay. know. He was older. I mean, your style. He's a bit of a, like, a sugar daddy, but not really. Like, he just loved the ladies. He loved to buy stuff for up. You know, it was like. What's a scoop, scoop? I know. We're, you're out and about on the town. He's going to buy everybody drinks. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. You want dinner? Let's go to dinner. Well, you need that dress? Let's get that dress. You know what I mean? Like, he just was, he liked to take care of women in that way. Give me two scoops of that. Okay. How I didn't see that coming, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, for you, let's just be honest. So like I said, Scoop was an attorney, and his office was on the second floor of a bank. So it was like bank on the first floor, second floor, his office, a radio station, like so random. So there was a lot of in and out of the bank, and people would just like pop up to say hey to Scoop because he was just a man about town. Like everybody knew him, everybody wanted to be his friend, you know, he just was really involved he's a people person very engaging dynamic again just somebody you wanted to be friends with he is also very philanthropic especially to the immigrant community because apparently in breckenridge there's a large population of west african immigrants oh i don't know why or the background of why but there is he would donate like free legal services and all of that he would go to the Breckenridge jail and, like, read the Bible to him because it was, quote, his duty as a Christian. Like, he just, church choir, did all the things. So, he just kind of had his hand in all the pots. You know, it was just like, he was just really involved in everything. Scoop was also very regimented. He liked a routine. He, you know, when it came to work stuff, like, his, his routine as far as, like, getting up, going to work, what he did when he got there. Every morning, he would get up. Once he got to work, he would get there before everybody, too. He would make the coffee. He had a bowl of oatmeal every fucking morning. And he would answer emails until all the staff got there. On April 26th of 2007, he and his girlfriend went to this restaurant for a fundraiser. It was kind of, from what I understand, kind of like a silent auction type thing. He and his girlfriend had been together about five or six months. But like I said, he was like a bit of a playboy. So he always had a woman with him. Like he didn't go to events without a date always, you know. Yeah. He had been with this girl for a good little while. At the event, he bid like $500 on different items. 
everybody talked about he was, you know, in a good mood, buying the drinks, doing the thing. And then after the event, he and his girlfriend went back to his house. They woke up that morning and he took her back to her house at about five o'clock in the morning. So he gets to work about 535 that morning, which is really early for him. I mean, of course, they didn't open until eight and he usually got there earlier than everybody else. But 530 was pretty, pretty fucking early. When the staff got there, he wasn't there. And so they were like, wait, what? Where's Scoop? Right. Like this is, he is, again, so regimented. It's get to work, make the coffee, eat the oatmeal, answer the emails, you know. And so they were like, what the fuck? Okay, maybe he had to do something this morning, whatever, you know. Then it rolls around time for his first appointment. And he's late. And so his secretary's like, okay, where's Scoop? And then he just misses the appointment outright. So she's like calling him like, hey, where are you? What's going on? Everything okay? Hadn't heard from you. And so they keep calling him. He missed another appointment. You know, nothing's really happening. And so they they call the police. They're like, he is never late for work, much less miss an appointment with a client. We can't find him. When the police get there, the first thing they realize is that Scoop's car is in the parking lot. And the staff is like, oh, he didn't fucking walk anywhere. Like, he's like me. He'll take his fucking car just to go across the street. <laughs> like, he's not walking over there. And so it's really weird that if he is, if he's not in the building, where is he? Because his car's here. Also, literally everything is still at the office. Like, his hat, his keys, his coat, his dog, they're all at the office. He takes his dog to work every day. Mm -hmm. How freaking sweet. So they quickly start a search around the office because, again, it's Colorado. It's mountainous. It's still cold. So it's still icy, that kind of thing. There's a really, like, steep embankment right by his office that leads to a river. And so they're like, okay, did he have a heart attack and fall in? Did he just slip and fall off the, you know? Yeah. It could have been something so benign, but he still needs help. Like, where is he? Well, they find nothing. Well, remember, his office is above a bank. Mm -hmm. So the police get the security footage. And, I mean, there's a lot of cameras, but it's like 2007 cameras. You know, I mean, it's like grainy, but they've got them. The videos show him coming to work, but they don't show him, like, leaving the building. What the hell? Well, remember I told you there's a radio station, like, right next to his office. One of the DJs was working that morning, and at about 7.30, he sees Scoop in their, like, shared little kitchen area. And, you know, he tells him hello, and Scoop didn't really answer, which is unlike him, because he's just such a social butterfly. So the DJ was like, yeah, he seemed really distracted, like, he didn't even answer me. But I saw him at 7.30 in the morning. So, was seen at 7.30, then when the staff gets there at 8.30, he ain't there. Wow. Police get an emergency, I don't know, whatever it's called, to get his phone records. Like, they don't have to wait as long. It's Injunction? Like, no, I don't. I kind of thought that word, but I'm not sure. Okay. So, they're able to see his call logs. They hit mini pay dirt. Like, like a little one. Like a... like a Pay dirt? Yeah, like the like jackpot. Like, oh okay. my God, we found something. Okay. Scoop had actually called 911 that morning. Damn. And so, they were like, uh, skirt... Let's go to our dispatch office. Did he call? 
Okay, here's his number calling. He called at 7.48 a.m. Oh, my gosh. And it pinged right, like, the cell tower that's right by his office. And so they're, like, pulling up the call to be like, okay, what the fuck happened? And when they listen to the recording, it's 90 seconds of silence. Oh, my gosh. So they're like, fuck, another dead end, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, well, what happened? Something happened because he called 911. Did he, again, did he have a stroke? Did he have a heart attack? Did something happen? He have a car wreck in somebody else's car, question mark? But, you know, like, did something benign but bad happen to him? Or, I mean, was he fucking kidnapped? You know? Right. Well, Breckenridge is a bit of a small town in that, again, everybody kind of knows everybody. Rumors are flying, everything. And, and most people in town are like, he had to be abducted. Like, there's no way that, like, where is he, you know? Yeah. And they're saying, like, so because it's a tourist town and they're right off the interstate, they're like, somebody came off this interstate, held him at gunpoint, fucking kidnapped him. But then they never said they had the surveillance footage of him leaving the office. So it's like, well, who came in there? Yeah. The police go back to the phone records and the police are like, okay, he called the lady that morning that organized the fundraiser. When he called her, he left her a voice message and was like, hey, here's my bank account information for the five, I think it was like $510 of stuff that he bought at the fundraiser. So the police go to talk to her and she's like, yeah, and you know what? When I went to try to get it out, it was declined. And so they found out basically his account was cleaned out. Whoa. And so they're like, okay, well, he was fucking abducted and they made him clean out his account. Mm Mm-hmm. The police have kind of looked at all the immediate, like, what the fucks. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not that, it's not that, it's not the girlfriend, it's not this, you know, all the stuff. So they start looking at Scoop's background. Is there someone that would have wanted to hurt him? You know, what's he is an attorney, you know, all the things. They find out that he used to live in D.C. And he was a pretty, like, high-powered attorney there, whatever the fuck that means. But he was. Like, I mean, I know what it means, but it's like, okay, I feel like just like every time someone works as an attorney in like a larger city, it's like they're a high powered attorney. Right. (laughs) You know? Okay. But supposedly he worked for a lot of Brazilian companies that were really like into the steel business and all that. And that when he left DC and moved to Colorado, he actually took some of those higher paying clients with him. Hmm. He represented this Brazilian airline that had him on retainer. And so that was supposed to be like this huge money for him. And so like he, like all his other clients that were from Breckenridge, like they didn't really, he was really bad at like billing them out for services and that kind of thing because he was making enough money from the airline. It didn't really matter. Because it was his law office. So he had people who worked there, but he was responsible for billing out his hours, payroll, like all the finance stuff of the business, he was responsible for it. And he was always fucking behind. And so that's part of why people never got billed too, was because he was always fucking behind. (laughs) So the police are like, we're at a fucking loss. Like we have nothing. They're calling in help from everywhere. The state police, FBI, even like search companies, because, you know, it's a ski town. So, you know, there's search Mm -hmm. companies and stuff. Yeah. And they're just literally, they're looking at every aspect of Scoop's life to be like, what could this be? Well, the police learn that he did have a secret. 
When he was in D.C., he was married and had eight kids. Eight kids? Yeah, eight. Like, I literally wrote that down. Had eight kids, period. Eight in caps. Yes. And basically, he just up and kind of, not walked out, but just was like, I'm out. I don't want this anymore. Like, I'm moving. Bye. Wow. And the people in Breckenridge didn't even know he had kids. Like, they didn't know he'd been married. Like, they just assumed, like, he never told them any different. Yeah. So, they just assumed he was this kind of eternal bachelor. Yeah. Attorney, living his best life, schmoozing it up with girls, you know, doing his thing. Like, can you imagine that? Your dad's missing. You have no clue whether it was foul play or a fucking, like, heart attack. And, like, because even if you hated each other, because it said that they he didn't have a good relationship with his kids. I mean, hello. He fucking left them. But even if you hated each other, to find out that not only are you dealing with the fact that your dad's missing, but that he had moved to this other city and they didn't even know you existed. You, your siblings, your mother. Yeah. I mean, like, I cannot even imagine the police interviewed the girlfriend a couple of times, just hoping maybe they could get a little more information. You know, they they didn't suspect her of anything. They just were like, okay, she's had some time to think. Any ideas, you know? Mm-hmm. When every time they interviewed, they, they really were getting a little more information from her. One time when they interviewed her, she said that when they left his apartment to go to drop her off, she said he locked his apartment and gave her a key. And so it's like, while they've been dating five months, it wasn't like, wait, 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 why are you give me a key? Mm-hmm. It was like, wait, what? Because he apparently never locked his apartment mm. and, for that matter, never used a key. So she's like, wait, what? It, it, you know, it gave her pause. And then, apparently, he gave her his snow boots and a couple of his, like, favorite like joggers running outfits because he said that he probably won't be needing them anytime soon. Mm, so it's like he knew he was going to be gone somewhere. Yeah. So it was like, wait, what? Well, then they interviewed the secretary a couple of times. Same thing. Trying to get, they don't think she did anything. Just trying to piece it together, get more information from her. And she says, you know what? When I got to work that day, my paycheck was on my desk and he hated the admin work like if you did not make him sit down and do payroll or make him sit down and bill out hours or whatever he wasn't doing it like their checks were never on time and so for her check to be early and waiting on her when she got to work it was like okay then so with all of that information he's given away like prize possessions he's you know given the girlfriend the key to the apartment given his secretary her check ahead of time so she's not Potentially, if something happened, stuck without money. It was almost like, well, did he willfully disappear? Or was he really, did he know that something bad was going to happen? Like, so police are still like, what? Because again, okay, it's one thing to leave your life behind, your house, your job, whatever. But his dog? Well, he left eight kids behind. True. I wonder if he saw someone at the uh, fundraiser. Yeah. That's a very movie moment. Yeah. Like, 
live in your other life and then you see somebody from the other life and you're like, oh, I got to go. Mm-hmm. So he had one last night with his girlfriend. They better then, have had some fucking amazing sex. Right? The cop, police, did y'all have the best sex you've ever had? <laughs> <laughs> totally inappropriate, but. Right? Like, working theory here. Just just hear us out. <laughs> did he try stuff you've always wanted to and never would? <laughs> but seriously, because all of that is very suspicious. Oh, for sure. For sure. And he would know how to not be on camera because he would know where the cameras are. Mm-hmm. Well, the the police also knew that he was getting rid of some documents that morning because there was a lot of paper in the shredder. Like documents had been shredded that morning. One thing they did find were documents talking, like showing how he was way behind on his child support, which I'm like, fuck you. Right. If you have all this motherfucking money, like, Fuck you. Pay your goddamn child. You want to get me on a fucking another soapbox and get me lit? Somebody don't pay their motherfucking child support. Yes, I can't stand that. And to be like a, a, not a showstopper, like, but a showy person and like. And like reading to books to people in jail and like. Like the one Christian thi- thing to do. Yeah. And one thing said that like when the minister was out of town, he would even do the sermons and like, because. It was all a fucking facade. Mm-hmm. And that, when someone is like that, and I'm on a kick because I'm watching Ozark too. So if it's too good to be true, it's too fucking good to be true. Yeah. It's like he moved to the area and then all of a sudden, like he's got, you know, I just, it's just sketch. Like this is why I feel like I could be swindled by people. I'm not saying I'm like above being swindled because you never fucking know. But like, this guy, I would be like, mm, there's something I can't put my finger on about him. Mm-hmm. Look, we're swindled by supposed good sales for furniture and clothes. That's what we're swindled by. Uh-huh. Yeah, looking at you, Michaels. And Torrid and TJ Maxx and... All the places, really. Yeah. And, you know, Tinder and... <laughs> Plenty of felons and, you know, that kind of thing. But but even then, we're not swindled by him. I know. Because we're like, uh-uh. No, this fake. is complete bullshit. And we reverse search it and everything yes. else. Like, we know. And it's not like, he can never like me. Like, no, no, no. Honey, you, this is not, uh-uh. So, we... we well, yeah, it's like, why did I just find your picture on a Russian porn site? Right. <laughs> and now I'm really on a watch list, but caught you, motherfucker. Exactly. People were more cautious about. Mm-hmm. And like investments and stuff. Like that, I'm like. It, well, one, we never have money to invest. No, 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 no. I know. But like, again, if somebody was like, oh my God, I have this business opportunity, it's da 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 da, blah, 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 you double your money, I would be like, no, bye. Like, no, I'm not getting involved in your fucking Ponzi scheme. So he's not paying his child support. It's like I said, it's all a fucking facade. He pretended that he was wealthy like because he would always have cash you know all the things like that but he was fucking broke and he had 20 bank accounts somebody with 20 bank accounts is fucking shady as fuck yes unless you've got fucking 19 kids and counting and you open one for each one of them (laughs) you shady as fuck look i always at one point i had like 
seriously for bank accounts. And I was like, if the government looked at me, they'd be like, why is this girl laundering money? Yes, exactly. Because I really would withdraw from one and put it in another one to pay like my car note. Yeah. And, you know, like stuff like that. That's a lot of fucking work. It was. It was. But it's because I had like a federal credit union thing that I was part of. Then I moved to Houston with you. Mm -hmm. I followed her. Again, dependent. Codependent. Defendant. Codependent. <laughs> you like how I was like, dependent. codependent. Sounds better. Codependent. <laughs> but then, of course, didn't have anything. And that's when, like, this is before you could, like, easily use their shit yeah. everywhere. So I changed to a nationwide. Well, then when I moved back, the nationwide one was all the way, like, way away. So then I opened in one local to me. So then I still had them all mm-hmm. open. And I didn't want to close my credit union one because... It's a credit union. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, seriously, I had so many things. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, I felt shady. Yeah. Well, he had 20. Oh, my God. And I couldn't keep up with the shit. Mm-mm. This is the thing, though. He was shady. Mm. He had some, quote, business transactions, unquote, where this guy was like, he told this guy like, hey, I got some like real estate investment type stuff. And the guy was like, okay, here's quarter of a million, but sit on it for six months before you buy it or whatever. I don't know how that shit works. Yeah. But basically he said, sit on it for six months. Well, after about three months, give or take, the guy was like, I changed my mind. I want my money back. Like, don't do anything with it. Give me it back. And he was like, well... I've already spent it. Shit. And not on any investments. Shit. Yeah. So the police have a forensic accountant looking at everything, and they find out that there are at least seven clients that he has stolen hundreds of thousands of dollars from. And so now, while he's still missing, now they have warrants out for his arrest. for Yeah, for commercial bribery and felony theft. And so people now in Breckenridge are like, what the fuck? We were duped. This yeah. motherfucker got us. We were duped by Scoop. <laughs> I got really excited about that. <laughs> you like sat up like a like a dog that just heard something. Like a prairie dog? Yes, thank you. I couldn't remember the word. Okay. Then police got a tip. That said, okay, one time we were talking and he said that if he ever disappears, he's going to Brazil. And I was like, hold up, wait. He said he's going to Brazil and he supposedly worked for this Brazilian airline. Uh-huh. Hmm. But then that was it. Everything went cold from there. Mm. Until. Oh. December 7th, 2011. A guy comes across the U.S.-Mexico border, silver hair, looks a lot like him. Police immediately arrest him, and it's Scoop. Oh. I'm so... (laughs) So he was sent to jail for all the, you know, for all the money shit. He got sentenced to 12 years. And so... 
not long after he was sentenced and he was serving his time, he did an interview with a reporter. And this is what he said. He said that he was overwhelmed by his pressure at work and that he was having some suicidal ideations and was like, I should just drive off this cliff, you know, and that that's why he called 911 and just let it sit there for 90 seconds. And then he said he hung up because he was like, what am I doing? Like, this is stupid is what he was thinking. Yeah. So he says he got on a bus to Mexico and just lived there, lived the simple life for four years. He said that he had no idea that people were looking for him and that he was embarrassed because he didn't know it was so bad, but that he knew that he had to come back and face the music for what he did with like other people's money. He was like, I don't know how much money I took, but I don't think it's as much as they're saying. But he said, facing the music, facing the music. Like that was like one of his quotes in it because he said that, okay, well, maybe I guess it was. If they're saying it's that much, I guess it, it was. But here's the thing. Fuck him. That's all bullshit. Like quit fucking trying to continue your fucking con. Mm-hmm. Like, no. You got tired of living the fucking simple life in Mexico. You wanted to come back, mm-hmm. serve out your little jail time, get it over with. Because I'm sure that getting your three hots in a cot in the fucking federal pen is a whole lot easier than whatever life you were fucking living in Mexico. Mm-hmm. That's why you fucking came back. And give me a fucking break. You say, you telling me you never fucking Googled yourself? Exactly. It was 2007. You can't tell me that you never looked yourself up to see what was happening. So, no, you should have to fucking pay back every goddamn dime to Breckenridge for all the the state police, the federal, the FBI, and that city or sheriff or whatever department it was that was looking for you. Yeah. Wasting all of those resources, you don't have to fucking pay back every goddamn dime. Also, you cannot tell me that you didn't fucking know how much money you took from those people. Mm-hmm. You can't fucking tell me that. You know that shit is fucking not true. And... Well, he hated shit, so he might not have known the exact thing, but... But he knew. He knew. He didn't think, like, oh, I only took 100000 and it was 800000 Okay, that's... Yeah. No. Yeah, did he know down to the fucking penny? No, he didn't. But he also had to launder it, so he knew something. Well, he didn't do it correctly. Well, and the thing is, too, is I feel like he knew exactly what he was doing. Like, even his talk of, like, the suicidal ideations, I feel like was a ploy. Mm -hmm. Because he did his normal shit, went to work, made the coffee, had his cereal, or or oatmeal, or whatever the fuck, oatmeal. And not that I know every case of, or understand everything about suicide. And maybe some people do their normal routine and then just do it, you know? But I also feel like it was a setup. Like, he knew because he cleaned out his bank account. He did all that. Like, he knew what he was doing, giving his girlfriend the key, Mm -hmm. writing his secretary the check. Like, I mean, is that a sign of someone actually planning their suicide? Absolutely it is. But also, I just, it wasn't, like, the way he described it was that he was having these suicidal ideations where he was like i'm gonna i'm gonna drive off this cliff and so he called 911 you know and so they don't jive you can't say like he had all of these intentions by giving the key giving the 
clothes, given the check because he was going to die by suicide. But then how he talks about calling 911 was almost like it was an impulsive decision. Mm-hmm. So we'll never know the truth. He is a con man through and through. I really think he saw something or something with that party, the fundraiser. Yeah, the fundraiser. God, I couldn't, silent auction. Like something with that, like maybe he was like, oh shit, I don't have enough money to cover what I bid on or whatever. Like something there, he saw something. Yeah. And he was like, I gotta go. Yeah. Now is the time. It's done. Yeah. And, like, that's it. Because it was just such a turning point. Well, and it makes me question everything that he did as far as, like, the Brazilian stuff. Like, did he really have the Brazilian? Like, right. I mean, basically, his whole law firm was a fraud. I mean, Mm -hmm. he did have actual clients. And he did help people. He was an attorney. But... He didn't have all – I don't think he had all these clients that he said he did. He certainly yeah. couldn't be that broke. I mean, he could be. But you know what I'm saying? Like, having this huge retainer – you know, I just – I don't know. I don't I don't yeah. buy it. I literally well, think everything was a game with him. Yeah. He could be that broke because people yes, have addictions. Yes, absolutely. But they would have attorney-client privilege with the airplane yeah. thing. And he could have used them – uh-huh. To go somewhere better than, like... Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Somewhere completely... Di- you know, and it would have been mm-hmm. totally privileged and all mm-hmm. of that. So, like, I don't know. I feel like he didn't have that. But privileged, no. No, because he can't tell. They could... He could say, hey, I need to come there, then fly him there, and they could tell all the things. Oh, Okay. Yeah, that you can you can open your mouth and fucking run your mouth all you want to. Your your attorney just can't. Oh, uh, okay, okay, okay. I don't. Know. I still don't think he had that. No, I don't either. I, it, again, everything about him was a con. Yeah, everything about him. You know who he reminds me of? Jeff Lowe. Yeah, absolutely. Like he goes in, you you're like, oh my god, and he's an angel investor. Yeah, and everyone is <laughs> everyone is Joe Exotic being like. Oh my God, he's our savior. He's so uh-huh. cool, whatever. But his car's rented. Mm-hmm. You know, his house is rented. He, you know, all of this. And it's like, but you wouldn't know that because who knows mm-hmm. people's finances. And he's definitely not going to tell you. Exactly. And what happened to Joe Exotic? He uh-huh. got fucking ousted. You know, like he trusted the wrong person. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying anything else, but I'm just saying, like, in. In the sense of Scoops being Jeff and Breckenridge being Joe Exotic. Yeah. Like, Jeff came in. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh, my God, he's so amazing. He's so this. This is, you know. But that's just like a classic con man, Mm -hmm. though. Like, I mean, look at, like, even just movies and TV shows with, with con men. This is exactly how they do. When you look at con men like Dirty John and even... Dr. Death, like, they're all fucking con men, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. and women can be con men, too. Con, yeah. con people. But either way, like. Con it, artist. Oh, it was, it was very artistic. <laughs> but it's it just, like, infuriates me. The resources that he wasted mm-hmm. and the people who were so impacted. Because they said that people would, like, just 
town folk would like cry because they, I mean, it, he was like an, not an icon, but like, I mean, he really meant something to that community. And people were yeah. upset when they thought that something bad had happened to him. And so it's just like, well, fuck you. And it's a small town, like a small community. So if something bad happens to mm-hmm. Scoop, like it can happen to us. Yeah. And there's like no proof as to what happened right. and all of this. So it's like, we're not as safe as we thought we were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of that. Whew. I'm so glad you have an ending for this, though. I know. Uh, yeah. Sometimes you need an ending. Yeah. I always need a happy ending. Okay. You know what? We're we're going. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for supporting us, as always. You know we love you so freaking much. We could not do this without you. I feel like I'm a broken record saying we hope that y'all are staying safe and washing your hands, but we we're still that. here. Yeah, we're still in this clusterfuck of quasi-apocalypse. So... <laughs> You know? It's crazy. It is what it is. Buy your pandemic insurance. And remember... (laughs) Creep it real. And and don't don't get get scared. scared.